This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. It's the tight. Here we go. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On time. It's tricky. It's tricky. Tricky. Hello and welcome back to the Husker Half Hour. On today's episode, Elijah and I are going to take a look at the Wild Big Ten and then take a look at Northwestern this weekend, 11 o'clock kickoff in Evanston. Let's do this thing. Did you want to say anything? Nah, I, I think you covered it. Let's do this thing. All they just say is please me or spend some time and rock a rhyme. I said it's not that easy. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right, on time is tricky. How is it, babe? All right, Ben, we didn't get a game against Wisconsin because hmm. of Kevin Wisconsin. Warren. <laughs> and Wisconsin. They, they, I mean, they, they, they quit first. That, that opens up a whole new can of worms. We go a full half hour asking whether or not Wisconsin should have forfeited that game on Saturday. Hmm. I am firmly in the, uh, the no. I don't think that this is how Wisconsin operates. I don't think Wisconsin would operate trying to avoid playing a football game. That's not who they are. Hmm. But also... I mean, it, what's the number up to now? 25 people within their program have tested positive. Yeah, it would have gotten canceled anyway. Huh? I, mean, I mean, it would have gotten canceled anyway, but they seem to have some sort of institutional problem there now. Where, what, the contact tracing-wise? There was something they weren't running with the restrictions as everybody else was? Well, what I heard was that they were doing their tests from 6 to 7.30 in the morning and then doing and then going to practice and their instant covid results weren't actually back for the full team until the end of practice. So they were going through the motions of of getting tested to get tested going to practice and mm-hmm. then whatever the results I are mean, after that. Paul mm-hmm. Christ went and did a whole Monday practice with covid and he didn't even know it right. cuz he got his result back right after practice and that's whenever the result said hey Paul Christ has covid and he just got done coaching a full practice well, with Well that his, has to be a good feeling <laughs> with his third string quarterback who also was practicing with covid and didn't know it. So there's some sort of institutional problem there, but also I, I get it. In 2020, you got to err inside a caution, and it's better to cancel a game and say, "Hey, fo- just follow your protocol. Yeah. Don't get anyone else sick. Yeah. We're not going to punish you, even though they probably should be punished." Yeah, let's be real. At this point, Nebraska, Nebraska's not dealing with it. We can move on for the rest of the season, get back on track. Um, hopefully, not have to deal with this again. But I suppose there's also no guarantees, especially when you don't leave any wiggle room in the schedule. Yeah, that's true. Thanks, Big Ten. I mean, they could have just let us have Tennessee Chattanooga. What a game that would have been. Tennessee Chattanooga, the... Choo-choo. What is their mascot even? Is it the, the choo-choos? I don't know. The ch- Chattanooga choo-choo. Chattanooga choo-choo. I think that's a dance from the 1940s. Um, Elijah, this is all last week's conversation. We've, we may have missed the boat on that. Maybe we should just refocus ourselves. That's old news. No one wants to talk about that anymore. We just want to move on to the season. Well, I do want to spend a little bit of time on this past week end in Big Ten games just because it was... Wild isn't isn't the right word I'd use, but it's very clearly becoming evident that this weird 2020 season is messing with Big Ten teams. There are teams that we weren't expecting to be good that are looking really good, and there's teams that we're expecting to be good, such as Minnesota and Penn State, that really haven't looked good so mm-hmm. far this season. Right. Uh, I want to start it off with that Nebraska or the the Ohio State Penn State game actually, which is a weird place to start it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watched most of that game, and even though the scoreline was closer than Nebraska's result against Ohio State. I think Ohio State and Nebraska was a closer game than that Penn State game. Ohio State was in control the entire time. It felt like they were – I mean, that game could have been 50-10, to 10, but they decided to just run the ball in the second half and play ball control. And we they didn't need Justin Fields to go throw it all over Penn State. They just ran the ball down their throats every single time. Mm-hmm. And 
Nebraska could do something Penn State couldn't do, which was stop Ohio State's run game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but we also looked like much more of a threat on offense um, compared to Penn State. Um, the the like- big weak point that Ohio, or excuse me, that Penn State could capitalize on that Nebraska can't just because of the personnel at the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if this is going to change as the season goes on. I'm crossing my fingers that it does, but the wide receiver play. Mm-hmm. Penn State had deep threats on their offense, and it's what allowed the scoring to be a little closer than it was. They weren't moving the ball great, but then they'd get a 25, 30-yard reception over the top, yeah. uh, and it sets them up on Ohio State side of the field, and mm-hmm. that drive has kind of flipped momentum. And Nebraska never really had that aside from a few times in the first half. We had the Luke McCaffrey run. You had the Austin mm-hmm. Allen pass. Mm-hmm. Um, but Penn State kind of had that with consistency throughout the game, and, and that's what they had, and that's why I think Nebraska is really looking forward to Omar Manning him making his debut. Is that going to be this weekend against Northwestern? Mm-hmm. Again, I can say hopefully. I'm not for certain, but it does sound like he's trending in the right direction towards finally getting his first snap as a Husker. Yeah, to me that says – look at Penn State's development. They're a little further into recruiting the type of players they want to be recruiting, um, recruiting stronger nationally than Nebraska has been over the past five years. Um, they're, they've been able to bring in that talent and development, whereas in Scott Frost's offense right now, uh, some of those talent big-name guys have moved on from the program um, or they're still young and in development. Um, give us a couple years, fingers crossed, and we'll be able to have that kind of threat downfield. It, well, no, I can hope for that for this year. I can hope for that for this year because yeah. we haven't seen guys that you're expecting to come on a little later. Guys that are new to the program, guys like Omar Manning, mm-hmm. Alante Brown, expecting to come on. I've heard good things about Marcus Fleming. Um, mm-hmm. So the answer, Z- Xavier Betts, is the one kind of question mm-hmm. mark. I haven't heard that much about him, but it mm-hmm. sounds like maybe some good things. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that he can come on a little bit uh, stronger towards the end of the season than and we have. We didn't see anything really out of him in the Ohio State game. Uh, so if he can come on stronger, he's he's got the body that can kind of be the the mini Omar Manning where he can also go up and fight for jump balls, which is what we don't have. Yeah. Um, so the answer we had from game one of why more of those guys didn't see the field is because they weren't providing the effort. Um, no block, no rock kind of situations where maybe they weren't making those downfield blocks, those effort plays um, when they're, when they're off the ball, when they, when the ball's going the other direction, they're not making the effort. They're not fitting in culture wise. Do you think in this situation, Frost and Lubick need to be playing those guys because of the threat they pose, whether or not they're fitting in effort-wise and culture-wise because their danger on the field is more important than the fact that they might give up on a block and be lazy? Or or what do you think we need to see the rest of the season in terms of that? Do you think that's a good answer from from coaching staff on, on why I those guys aren't on the field? In a season like this, it is a good answer because this season really doesn't matter. Eligibility is frozen Mm -hmm. you're not going to lose a year of eligibility for playing this year Mm -hmm. uh if nebraska were to go i would say oh and oh and seven this Mm -hmm. year i guess once you get that last game would be oh and eight if that were to happen it's not going to happen i'm not expecting that to happen Mm -hmm. Um, but if that were to happen i think scott frost would still have his job you'd say hey it was a weird season everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong let's pack it in let's get ready for next season so i think scott's got that in his back pocket where he if he wants to set a culture for the next four years as opposed to this one year, he can do that. And we heard from Wandale Robinson at the press conference mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. We're recording this on a Tuesday, so that would have been Monday, mm-hmm. Monday presser. He said, yeah, over the past week and a half since that Ohio State game, I've taken it upon myself to take those guys under my wing and let them know what you got to do if you want to play early, uh, what kind of example you have to set and, and what you have to bring every single day at practice that he's that I'm trying to do a better job of showing those guys what they need to do so they can see the field. Cause we need them out there. Yeah. Um, I mean, even 
for me as a teacher, um, the expectations that I set at the beginning of the semester, I set those high, I set those, those strong, um, so that later on in the semester, later on in the school year, those expectations that I've set, um, students are, are, are following those. Even if, even if they aren't necessarily meeting the same standards at the beginning of the, of the semester, I set those high, um, so that they can learn what the classroom culture is supposed to be like. You're, you're putting forth as much effort as you can on this assignment, whatever. You're not talking when I'm talking, your, your distractions are put away. I set that really strict at the beginning of the semester so that later on in the semester, I don't have to keep harping on it. It's already mm-hmm. been resolved. So I, I think a similar situation, game one, you guys aren't going to see the field. Do you like that feeling? No, work harder in practice. Um, we're not going to have to deal with this later on in the year. The culture from the beginning of the year um, needs to carry through to the rest of the year when guys are tired and hurt and banged up and don't want to be trying anymore. And the culture on top of that from your freshman year needs to stay for all four years. Yeah, Le- for sure. Even less from season to season. Even just mm-hmm. throughout your career, you need to know you're not going to see the field unless you do these very specific things. Mm-hmm. You need to block for our quarterbacks and our quarterbacks are running. You need to block for our running backs when they're running. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to give 100% effort on all your routes. And it's little things that they need to have for four to five years, possibly three years, but mm-hmm. I, I don't want to – it doesn't matter. For their yeah. full college career, yeah. they need to have these certain things instilled in their culture, and that's what we didn't see under right. Mike Riley. I was just about to say that, yeah. It, that- how many guys did you see step out in the field, their true freshman year, you're excited for them, and you went, eh. Mm-hmm. Tyjon Lindsay, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Tanner Lee, uh, just so many guys new to the program. And it was, uh, we wanted you real bad in recruiting. So obviously we're going to put you on the field. Mm-hmm. We're going to, we're going to see what you got on the field. And they just, they didn't have it because they didn't have the culture within that team that you needed, or you knew what you needed to do to see the field. It was just, Oh, you're a four-star recruit out of California. Enjoy the field. Yep. Go get out there, go make some plays. Uh, as opposed to, Hey, you're a four-star from California. I don't care anymore. You're not downfield blocking, and you're not going to see the field unless you can block a safety, unless you can block a cornerback, unless yeah. you can spring the, the running back for 15 yards instead of five yards. Yeah, the that's the type of coaching that love seat fans don't don't see or don't think about. Um, you can be upset with the the players you see on the field and not know why other guys are getting on the field, but there's so many behind the scenes things and long games of what a, a truly good coach um, is thinking about the strategy. Um, and really just making better people, um, you know, being an influence in those players' lives. Um, that's the, the influence you see on their freshman year um, by the time they're seniors. Because of, of the way this coaching staff treats people, I think, as as we develop the culture and the players we want to have on the team, uh, the people who really want to win and be competitive, um, that's what this coaching staff brings to the table compared to, to a Mike Riley coaching staff or, or many other coaching staffs around the country. I think, I think character is a big deal for the frost coaching staff. Um, and, and you see that when, when you don't get playtime, if you don't do what you're supposed to do character wise. Um, yeah. Anyway, we can move I on mean, now. Let me look at, look at the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Look at the culture that's been instilled in that group. Just from, I mean, I, I was seeing chips on shoulders, uh, among those offensive linemen where they were playing Ohio State. They looked like they were tired of being the, the joke offensive line in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. They were tired of everyone saying, oh, this is just this is just Nebraska's offensive line. They're not a real Big Ten school. Mm-hmm. They came out against Ohio State, and they, I think, at times in that game, um, if not for the majority of that game, were winning up front. They were winning at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is going to be really important. That's why you can't look at that final score against Ohio State because Ohio State's got so much talent all over the field. Um, whereas you get into the rest of your Big Ten slate and what's going to be 
the biggest key, especially in, against Big Ten defenses, is mm-hmm. can you win at the point of attack? Can you win the line of scrimmage? Mm-hmm. And I think this offensive line has done just such a huge culture shift since the Mike Riley years to now, where they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. And I think throughout this entire season, that offensive line is going to be enough to keep Nebraska in just about any game it plays. Because if you can establish the run in the Big Ten, you are uh, ahead of the eight ball. Yeah, Elijah, bring us back to the point on Ohio State. Do you have anything else you want to say about Penn State and and comparing that Penn State Ohio State game to the Nebraska Ohio State game? Well, and yeah, that's the 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 little secondary point about the offensive line is just Nebraska's offensive line looked better than Penn State's defensive line. Nebraska's defensive line looked better than Penn State's defensive line. Mm-hmm. And Penn State's dealing with a couple opt outs uh, this season. People that went to the NFL draft, probably the best player in the Big Ten, and Micah Parsons is off that defense. Mm-hmm. And I know that's going to be difficult to handle um but ohio state did not have any more difficulty moving the ball against penn state than they did against nebraska and i even argue at times they struggled a little more against nebraska Mm -hmm. um penn state was better in coverage they they played things a little differently uh but nebraska better against the run uh and that's why i think it's going to take to to succeed in the big 10 and that's why i have more confidence after watching that game uh for the rest of this nebraska season yeah oh what could have been with with the wisconsin game seeing how good that that that, that 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 was that was a a prove yourself game for nebraska that Mm -hmm. was oh yeah you looked great against uh ohio state in the trenches now prove it against wisconsin right this is a a wisconsin team that it's not really the same as what it it has been in the past but you know if they're coming to town with a fourth string quarterback mm-hmm. they're going to be running the ball and it's on your defensive line your offensive line to step up and go win you that game and i thought nebraska's offensive and defensive line had a great chance to go win them that game because of the, the talent that's been cultivated up front yeah definitely um maybe save it for another episode but i'd love to eventually touch on on the implications of wisconsin and nebraska not playing a game on saturday um for the rest of the season yeah, we, we do know that wisconsin and purdue's game for this weekend has been canceled uh, if wisconsin misses one more game uh they will no longer be eligible for the big 10 championship game mm-hmm. um so that's what we're looking at uh, if wisconsin's covid numbers do stay high through the co- or through the purdue game uh man what a lost season that is for them mm-hmm. but yeah i have I don't want to say no sympathy. It sucks for the kids. Um, I don't wish that upon them. Uh, but at the same time, it's that's 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 the world. We, we, you knew the reality when you came into the season that it was a possibility that games would be canceled mm-hmm. and that you could lose multiple games in your season if you don't take COVID seriously, if you don't, mm-hmm. as a team, uh, make sure you're following all those guidelines. And I don't want to speak on Wisconsin because I don't know if they have been following those guidelines, but based on their numbers, uh, you can assume that something in their uh, in the way that they were handling covid was not set up correctly yeah yeah and don't tell me as a nebraska fan that you don't love the idea of perhaps the door to the west being wide open speaking of which let's talk about the big 10 west elijah um this last weekend we had some 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 results we weren't quite expecting going into the season um let's first of all let's talk about that minnesota maryland game Um, minnesota blew it absolutely blew it um how many holes are in the bottom of that boat right now that boat is sinking fast row row that's a great pj fleck impression ben thank you that was me drowning (laughs) um so maryland obviously with that with that week one loss to northwestern pretty handedly um well no yeah maryland got killed by northwestern but if you go back it also it looked it looks similar to the the nebraska ohio state game in terms of of uh, yeah, Maryland, Maryland definitely gave that to Northwestern. I mean, it was still forty-three to three or something silly like that. But sure. yeah, they, they were they were moving the ball. Their offense wasn't. They mm-hmm. threw a pick. Sure, uh, they're moving the ball, shooting themselves in the foot with a penalty. It's a very weak one performance. I don't mm-hmm. think it was 
as huge a loss as 45 to three or four. I don't have the score right in front of me. Yeah. But it, still it was about 42 to three. Mm-hmm. I know Maryland only scored three points. And then you kind of saw uh, Maryland's performance last week against Minnesota, where they just look like a different football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came out fast. And then whenever mm-hmm. they got behind, whenever Minnesota punched right back, uh, they got to the fourth quarter and said, Oh, we need to reel off 17 unanswered points here in the fourth quarter. No big deal. Yeah. That, that, that was the, the difference between, Minnesota and Maryland on Friday night was Maryland just looked like a more confident and complete football team, mm-hmm. which I didn't think I'd be saying that that isn't what the, the takeaway from that game. I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Their offense jived clicked. They moved the ball, moved it around, got it to multiple people. Um, and Minnesota blows it in the end. Too. Minnesota's yep. defense appears to be a sieve this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan scored at will against them. Maryland, aside from, uh, half of the second quarter and the third quarter. I mean, in the first quarter and the fourth quarter, they were scoring on Will on them, and they were even moving the ball pretty good through the second and third quarters. Uh, so Minnesota's defense is a huge question mark this season, mm-hmm. and that was the question mark going into the year. Uh, they lost some good players. Antoine Winfield uh, was their safety. He was awesome. He went to the Bucs. Um, they're just down players on that defense, and uh, the question is going to be, can their offense step up and do enough? I mean, that offense probably got to put up 42 points a game to, to keep them in games this year because that defense is bad. Mm. Uh, let's move on to the Purdue-Illinois game, and then we'll transition to Northwestern Iowa so we can talk about Northwestern. So Purdue-Illinois. Purdue, Illinois. Purdue uh, wins on Saturday 31-24. to Closer game than I thought, especially because Illinois is down to their fourth-string quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, but – Illinois is the team that everyone seems to, they, they knew exactly what was going to happen this year. Illinois was projected to be a bottom feeder of the West. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not an indictment on Lovey Smith, anything like that. That's just their talent level. Um, but they fought. I think that kind of shows the, the, the culture that Lovey Smith has brought into Illinois. Yeah, definitely. Uh, think how, how hard they fought last year against Nebraska, uh, down to their fourth string quarterback this past weekend. And they fought against a really good Purdue team. That's going to be battling for a big 10 West crown, uh, mm-hmm. based on what we saw from their performance from week one. And then Iowa's performance last week. Yeah. I feel like Illinois just doesn't have all the pieces on defense yet. Um, they were trying to fill some gaps this year with some grad transfers and, um, things like that, uh, community college transfers. And so, um, Illinois, we'll check back in a couple of years. Do you think they'll ever they'll ever reach past a middle of the Big Ten West type team as a program? Illinois, mm-hmm. maybe it's, it's hard. It's hard to say, but with the 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 level of coaching in the Big Ten West right now, mm-hmm. look at Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern, great coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at Kirk Ferentz at Iowa, great coach. Um, there was all the issues this offseason, but just based on the results he's gotten on the football field, mm-hmm. great coach. Mm-hmm. Jeff Brom's done great things with Purdue. Yeah, uh, Lovey Smith is uh, NFL Super Bowl losing coach. He didn't win, but he did lead his team to the Super Bowl. He's got huge pedigree. Uh, I mean, you can see from the results they had last year that Illinois team fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're better than they were. The Big Ten West, top to bottom, you still got P.J. Fleck. You got Paul Christ and Scott Frost. I mean, all those coaches, uh, I don't want to say would have their pick of jobs across college football because that's probably a bit of a stretch. But those guys are in the the top tier of power five coaches and they're all in the Big Ten West. Yeah, definitely. The Big Ten's got some of the best coaches in all of college football right now as a conference. Um, Elijah, Finally, let's talk about that Iowa-Northwestern game. Iowa goes up 17 unanswered points in the first quarter. Um, Northwestern crawls back in the rest of the game, uh, ends up winning 21-20. to Takes on that game? Northwestern's run defense is for real. Mm-hmm. That was my big takeaway from watching that game. 
Uh, I unfortunately missed the ending. Uh, well, it wasn't that exciting. It was Northwestern holding on to a one-point lead at the end. Yeah. Um, but I name, will, name a more Northwestern thing to do. Oh, I know. <laughs> that game was just so Northwestern in Iowa. Everything about it. Yeah. We had picks from Iowa. Uh, we even had some, uh, was it what one pick from Ramsey Northwestern? I think he threw one. Uh, yep, one. Yeah, uh, it's it, it was just very... The, the scoring came in bunches, momentum, and then for the majority of the game, the offenses were shut down. But the number one thing that stood out to me was Northwestern's run defense was able to frustrate and just pretty much silence Iowa's offense after that first quarter. Iowa should have won this game 31-10 to 10 mm-hmm. based on how that, how that first quarter went. But Northwestern, uh, they bowed their necks. They stood strong in defense, and they forced Iowa to be one-dimensional. How many teams can do that? Not many teams can force Iowa to throw the ball all over you. Northwestern did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if that's just the direction Iowa's moving in as a program, um, but we've never seen that before. And that's what really impressed me is Northwestern was able to win at the point of attack. They won the line of scrimmage. I, I talked about Nebraska mm-hmm. winning the line of scrimmage against Ohio State at times. Northwestern won the line of scrimmage against Iowa mm-hmm. pretty much the whole game. Um, by the fourth quarter, Iowa was dropping back to pass on first down a lot. Yeah. I... Here's a thought going into Nebraska. I I was not impressed taking a look at at Northwestern's game against Iowa, Northwestern's game against Maryland. Um, point of attack on. I guess you're just talking about the run defense for Northwestern. Um, overall, as a team, there's no one on Northwestern's team who really scares me. Is there is there really anything any facet of the Northwestern offense or defense that concerns you or scares you? It, to me, they seem like. Um, in both games, both in in the Maryland game and in the Iowa game, uh, there's nothing that really jumps out and scares you. I think they're just kind of a an average team that plays their assignments. Um, is there anything within their program that scares you, Elijah? Peyton Ramsey, quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, his role in this Northwestern team is much more game manager than it was at Indiana. Mm-hmm. But I just think back to what he was 27 of 40 for 351 yards uh, and two touchdowns against Nebraska last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever was it uh, the whole thought was was it going to be Penix or Ramsey at quarterback for Indiana it was Ramsey yes. and great game mm-hmm. uh, he added 42 rushing yards on top of that 352 passing yards he almost had 400 total yards of offense mm-hmm. as Indiana got that win and, and that's what scares me is he's in a new offense he looked really good against Maryland looked all right against Iowa the mm-hmm. question to me is being somebody who's already had a lot of experience against Nebraska, is he going to be able to go flip on his tape from last year and say, this is what Nebraska likes doing on defense? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we know based on the past 10 years, um, just based on who Pat Fitzgerald is as a coach and how he cares about this Nebraska game, mm-hmm. that this is going to be a close game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would be shocked if either team won this game by more than seven points. Mm-hmm. Shocked. Mm-hmm. Because that's just how this game, all it always seems to come down to the wire. Mm-hmm. So the the question to me is, does Peyton Ramsey have enough experience against this Nebraska team already that he can make more plays in crunch time than Nebraska is going to be able to against a stout Northwestern defense? Mm-hmm. Um, key to the game for me, um, after watching, again, watching this Iowa game um, in the Maryland game for Northwestern, um, is that Northwestern's offensive line does not look great. Um, there, There's a lot of, a lot of, opportunities both for for Iowa and even Maryland's defensive front um, putting pressure on Ramsey uh rolling him out of the pocket I know they, they put him in a lot of a lot of boot situations where where he had the option to throw or turn it upfield um 
but any time that North or that Iowa decided to stunt their defensive line, um, it caused problems for that offensive line. Um, there's a lot of times where it was just playing assignment football where um, four down linemen for Iowa rushed and, and put moderate pressure on him. Um, but within the run game and within pass protection, the offensive line for Northwestern, not impressive to me. Um, I'm going to be curious to see what we talked about against Ohio state, some of that pressure that we were able to get on fields. Um, some of those, those stunts we were throwing in up at the line of scrimmage. Um, I think that's the key to the game for me is can we, can we create chaos on the defensive front um, against that offensive line, which just isn't huge. Um, and, and can I just add to yeah, your point? Go ahead. I, I think you're exactly right. Your, your money on that is mm-hmm. that, yeah, Nebraska's got to generate pressure. But I think just to add to that, they got to generate pressure with four or five guys. Uh-huh. They can't be bringing six or seven to generate pressure. It's got to be the the four down defensive linemen, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's a three, four, but there's the outside linebacker. He's, he's just, his job is to rush. Mm-hmm. Plus maybe bringing one inside backer. Mm-hmm. That is worked great against Ohio State. When Nebraska brought five against Ohio State, they could get pressure. If mm-hmm. Nebraska can bring four against Northwestern and get pressure, this game should be, Nebraska's to lose. Mm. Just look at the, the the talent on paper, and Nebraska is a better team than this Northwestern team. Definitely. But Northwestern doesn't beat themselves. What they're usually good at is not committing penalties, mm-hmm. picking up pressures, uh, running the ball, and staying in rhythm. The, the, the little things that just – I don't think Northwestern's probably going to gash Nebraska for a whole bunch of r- rushing yardage on Saturday. I hope I'm not eating my words on that one. But that's that's not what I'm looking for. It's it's Northwestern runs the ball to get three, four yards to get themselves to second and five, get themselves to third and two. Yeah. Uh, and those are the situations Nebraska wants to avoid because if you're in third and two, you can't really pin your ears back and rush. And that's where the game can be won in my, in my book is force Peyton Ramsey to, to be uncomfortable in that pocket. Mm-hmm. And Nebraska hasn't been able to do that for years. Right. And I think this is a great chance on Saturday to, to show that we're the better team on paper and – we're going to make you feel us. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's, should we, let's see, we're at mm, the, the close, closer-ish to 30 minutes. Should we start to should we make some predictions here for the game, or are there any other key major major points for this Northwestern game on Saturday that you wanted to bring up? Yeah, I'll, I'll just say one thing, and that's mm-hmm. that I fully expect Northwestern to stack the box against Nebraska. Mm-hmm. What Nebraska couldn't do against Ohio State, I talked about earlier, was they couldn't take the top off of Ohio State's defense. Yeah. Uh, Northwestern knows that they don't have the type of talent in the secondary that Ohio State does, but I think you got to see that game plan and say, huh, Nebraska's offense, when forced to go drive the full length of the field in little five, six-yard increments, tends to shoot themselves in the foot at some point. Yeah. Get themselves into a bad down and distance. So I think Northwestern, their game plan is going to be, let's stack the box. Let's see if Nebraska can run the ball with seven or eight guys in the box. Uh, and if they can't run the ball, let's make their receivers beat us. That's what I'm expecting out of this Northwestern defense. So don't be surprised if the run game isn't what it was against Ohio State. Uh, I want the offensive line to go impose their will, but I also expect that Northwestern is going to see the offensive line as Nebraska as Nebraska's strength, and they're going to try to do something to counter it. Um, also want to look in terms of can Nebraska take care of the ball, obviously in the Ohio State game, story of the game. Um Two fumbles in that game were huge, especially the first one for for really shifting shifting the game away from Nebraska. We were we were pretty competitive until that point, um, until Adrian fumbled it. So, 
can Nebraska take care of the ball against Northwestern? Again, like we've said, like everybody always says, Northwestern plays uh, really solid, solid football. They they don't usually kill themselves. Usually they take opportunities when other teams leave the door open for them. Um, can Nebraska take care of the ball? Northwestern's defense has caused six interceptions this year, um, three against Northwestern, or sorry, three against uh, Iowa, and against Iowa, and three against Maryland. Um, I mean, imagine a game where. Iowa doesn't throw three interceptions. That's Iowa wins they, that game. They probably. win the game. They win the game um, against a, a secondary from Northwestern, which doesn't dazzle, which doesn't 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 knock your socks off in terms of their their ability to play press coverage or to be really disciplined. I think they just they are in the right place at the right time. Um, a couple of those I know were tips that they they managed to to grab. And I don't know. Can Nebraska take care of the ball against this Northwestern defense? Um, because that kept them in the game against Iowa, and, and that's what that that's what made Nebraska just lose so bad to Ohio State. That game wasn't the final, or the game mm-hmm. was closer than the final score to indicate. But mm-hmm. Nebraska, with its fumbles, uh, penalties, really is what is what hurt them there. Yeah. So I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, a little fun exchange over the over this last week. Elijah has been um, obviously Nebraska getting the weekend off without a game, um, even after attempting to schedule a game, get the weekend off. Um, Pat Fitzgerald makes a comment that, well, Nebraska's going to be real rested after this game, so that's an advantage for them. And Frost, Frost says, well, uh, clearly he, if maybe it was week eight or week nine, a, a week off would have been great, but uh, getting the second week off doesn't really give us an advantage. going to have to disagree with Pat on that one. So, Elijah, uh, any thoughts on, on benefits or disadvantages for Nebraska not having a game this last weekend? Who cares? Go out and win. I don't, I don't care if you played last week. I think it's a disadvantage to both teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nebraska, they only have one game of film for Northwestern to see, um, but Northwestern got a second game to go back and correct the mistakes that they made in their first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't many. They really killed you Maryland. But Northwestern only has one game of film to watch on Nebraska. Is that mm-hmm. what you meant? Okay, sorry. Did I say that wrong? You flipped it around. It's not a big deal. Um, yeah, Northwestern's so, got only got one game of film to watch in Nebraska. Nebraska's got two games of film on Northwestern that they mm-hmm. can watch, but – the same time, Northwestern had a game to go in and fix some mistakes Nebraska didn't have. Yeah. So, game time. Uh, it, it, who, who, who cares? Yeah. Who cares if you didn't play last week? There's one game on Saturday. You've been preparing for Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Northwestern's been, pre- been preparing for you. Just go win it. Mm-hmm. Who, who cares if you played last week? Um, Elijah, how much of a factor, if any, does does Williams being out affect uh, the Nebraska pass defense and um, uh Boodle, or Cam Taylor Britt being out of the game. How much? How much do those penalties for the first half affect this game? Um, are those young guys able to step up? Prediction? Uh, I do expect that Northwestern. I wouldn't be surprised if they had a lead at halftime. Um, but young guys got to step up. That's, mm-hmm. It's no different than an injury. It's only it's only one half. Mm-hmm. They'll be back for the second half. Who cares? Go win it. Yep. Uh, these young guys have been. They've been itching for a chance to get see or to see the field for a while now. Um, I think they're going to be ready. I think they're going to be itching to go. If they make a couple, quote unquote, freshman mistakes, I can live with it. Um, just go out and play with your hair on fire. It's Nebraska. It's a Scott Frost offense in Nebraska. A Scott Frost offense in Nebraska should be able to make up for a mistake or two from a, a young secondary member. Wow, solid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> want to get uh, predictions? Yeah, let's get some predictions. Uh, we want to do MVPs, um, both sides of the ball, and then, and then and final the, score. And then final score, as as is tradition. See, so you started with an offensive MVP last week, so I'll start with offense, and then we'll go to you for offense and your mm-hmm. defense, and mm-hmm. then I'll finish up with the defense. On offense, uh, I am looking firmly uh, at Wandale Robinson. Mm-hmm. Was that the same prediction as last week? I think it was, or two weeks ago. 
going into going to the Wisconsin game. I think you did you predict going into the Wisconsin game. Well, we didn't we, we didn't post an episode, but it's not a big deal. I didn't make a we didn't do an episode for Wisconsin last week. We didn't ever record that, and uh, I never made a prediction for Wendell Robinson. So. Elijah, fresh pick, Wandale fresh Robinson. Fresh pick, Wandale <laughs> Robinson. And, you know, if Nebraska did play Wisconsin last week, I think that would have been a great pick. Oh, yeah. That's all I'll say. But yeah, if that episode would have ever gotten posted, um, if, if, <laughs> if either of us would have ever worked hard and, and stayed up late and, and posted it and then not ever posted it. If Kevin Warren wasn't so bad at his job. Amen, amen. Uh, so, <laughs> no, Wandale, yeah. give, me a, give me a brief reason. Oh, just we said after Ohio State we got to get the ball to Wandale more. Uh, he's the receiver that can really um, – I don't want to say take the top off, but he can make uh, the defense strain. Mm-hmm. So got to get him the ball. That's That's got to be the game plan is get get the ball to Wanda Robinson. So he's in my MVP. Yeah, definitely. Um, Elijah, my offensive MVP is going to be um, – this is this is going to be a hot take based on what we talked about. But um, Dedrick Mills is my MVP. Um, we saw what Northwestern's run defense could do against Iowa. Uh what they did against Maryland. Um, I think this Nebraska team is different. I think our offensive line um, can be dominant based on what we saw against Ohio State. Um, and my prediction slash hope is that we get the ball to the Mills and and he runs all over Northwestern. Um, I think a challenge to those offensive linemen, a challenge to that run game. Um, feed Mills the ball, get him in a rhythm. Um, and if if Nebraska can run this, this game, we're going to win. Defensive MVP, go. Defensive MVP. Um, you know, I'm gonna bring my point up earlier of Northwestern's offensive line um, being weak. I think that. Oh gosh, I don't know. I don't know who to pick. I don't know which player I truly think brings the most pressure to against against that that Northwestern front offensive line. Help me out. What do you think? Who do you think? If I had to pick somebody who's gonna cause chaos against that Northwestern offensive line. Who am I picking? I almost want to just – I almost Ty Robinson. Yeah. Ty Robinson's where mm-hmm. I'm leaning because um, he's in the, the – the DN position is much more apt to rush the passer mm-hmm. uh, than the nose guard position. So I think – I don't think that the run game is going to be huge for Northwestern. So mm-hmm. I'm looking at Ty Robinson. I'm looking at Ben Stilley. Mm-hmm. Those are the two I'm looking at uh, on the defensive line along with maybe JoJo Doman. Or yeah, what was that one Caleb stunt that, that worked twice against Ohio State where – where yeah, so we, we, yeah, the it was Will Honus, mm-hmm. uh, and he was scraping along the guard. Um, so he was take coming from middle backer, mm-hmm. um, essentially just middle. I think he's lined up above the guard, and then he would scrape along the guard into the tackle. So he's trying to knock he out would like come, two guys he to would, one. He would come across the guard's face, yeah. and pull him into the tackle. He yeah, tried to it, shoot the what the B gap then. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, and then the uh, he, well, he'd be going kind of. B gap and trying to wash the B gap into the tackle. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the C gap player, Ty Robinson, Ben Stilley, would twist all the way around and come back around the guard who is now trying to push off. and uh, Right between the guard and center. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, we'll see. We'll see if Northwestern can pick that one up. It worked twice against Ohio State. Um, you got to assume they're going to be ready for it. So. Yeah. So, and who is who's blitzing? Will Honus? Will Honus. So, well, let's see Will Honus then. Let's see if we can run that exact same stunt and get some pressure. Um, I, I want... At least two or three big plays. Let's get some sacks. Let's cause some disruption against that Northwestern offense. Um, and I think Nebraska's in good shape. Uh, was was that your MVP? Was it Stillian Robinson? It was not. My defensive MVP is DiCaprio Boodle. Uh, Ramsey's going to throw the ball in Nebraska. I think that's going to be the game plan. You saw it work again, uh, from Ohio State. Uh, so I think it's got to be somebody in that secondary stepping up. Uh, mm-hmm. I think DiCaprio Boodle is the leader of that room. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he's going to be matched up. Uh, with a, an important responsibility about every single play. Mm. Um, so give me DiCaprio Boodle. I think he gets his first pick of the season. 
and I think Nebraska wins a turnover battle, and uh, DCAP is your defensive MVP. Uh, Elijah, let's move on to the score. You gave the first MVP, so I'm going to give the first score prediction. My prediction this week is going to be Nebraska with the win, 27 to 17 is my score. I think it's going to be close going into going into halftime. I'm thinking uh, maybe a a 14 to 10 lead Northwestern. Um, man, Nebraska pulls away in the second half. We 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 uh we play with the chip on our shoulder without without that um game against wisconsin i think we've got something to prove um the big 10 west feels entirely up for grabs in terms of um the skill that we see i think nebraska has a lot to prove and i think um they're going to come out ready to play so i'm going to say say a 10 point game not not a huge blowout um it's going to be close uh, nebraska is going to going to pull away in the end 27 17 is my prediction uh, I think Nebraska and Northwestern are both going to be able to move the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to come down to red zone defense. I think Nebraska has been better in the red zone uh, from what we saw against Ohio state. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how Nebraska's red zone defense is going to be, but I think we're going to have some field goals. So give me Nebraska 30 and Northwestern 27, no, 30, 27, mm-hmm. one field goal, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm excited. Elijah game two. I, this, this one's winnable. Yeah. This one is of the first four games. Ohio State, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Penn State. Uh, this one seemed to be the most winnable coming in. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is anymore. I think uh, Wisconsin last week would have been more winnable, but I still think this is a very winnable game. With a fourth-string quarterback in, Wisconsin was more winnable than this Northwestern game. This Northwestern team looks really good. Um, but we'll see. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a fun one. Uh, Nebraska, This I'm not going to say must win this mm-hmm. early in the season, but it's – it's, it's kind it's of a important. must win heading into that Penn State game next. Um, let's get the ball running. Let's get a bit of a signature win for this season. And I think this is I think this is that signature win. Uh, a win here and a loss here both really dictate how we're going to do the rest of the season. Uh, a real test of, of where we're sitting in the Big Ten West. I'm excited. Elijah, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, Ben, we went a little over on time, but we had a lot of important stuff to bring. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. We can just all into one episode this week. I mean, this is all the info you need, really. All Recap last week. Preview this week. We'll see how it plays out. It's good to win on Saturday. Until next week, I'm Elijah Herbal. I'm Ben Herbal. We're signing off. Go Big Red.